Welcome to Holistic Hearts, a place to dive deeper into living holistically, a place where my mom shares thoughts on living fully, creating intentionally, and empowering others to come along with her in this journey. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Holistic Hearts. I wanted to introduce our guest today before we popped on to the interview because this guy is just wonderful. He is a digger of honesty and truth and just making spirituality more human and having that converge together with our spirits. So his name is Scott Erickson. And if you have not heard of him, He is a touring painter, a performance storyteller, and a creative curate of many different mediums like autobiography and biblical narrative and visual aesthetics, and they speak to the audience's deepest places in their hearts. And today's interview is nothing short of that, where I tried to get across to the best of my knowledge of just the genuine a uh, deep connection with our spirit and his artwork and wanting so badly to get a point across of just his creativity and how it has brought a connection for me on a deeper level of understanding Jesus's love in a whole new way. So without further ado, I give you Scott Erickson and I's interview. Go check him out on Instagram. It's at Scott the Painter. And his new book coming out that we talk about in this holiday upcoming season is at Honest Advent on Instagram, or you can go on the website honestadvent.com and check it out. You won't be sorry. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Hearts. Oh, man. You are in a treat for today because we get to have the lovely Scott Erickson on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for calling me lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. uh, That's true. You got to have a better name than lovely when you're speaking to a man. What would you go by? (laughs) Lovely is wonderful. It sounds elegant and and, uh, enchanting. All those are (laughs) I like. I like lovely. And also has like a... Uh, like a British, like, hey, love, you know, <laughs> just like, a term true. of endearment. So yes. I feel like we're in a Dickens novels. So there you go. go. Goals. That's amazing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring you on the show because one of my big passions in communicating, uh, just living intentionally, living fully, going after um creating is such a big part of living fully in abundance of who God has created us to be. And one thing that I say over and over again is we are created in his image, which he is the creator. And that means that we are creative because we are in his image. And so many people have lost that truth of I am creative. And I, it is like my life's mission (laughs) because I was in that place at one point to Mm. open people's hearts back up to, no, you are creative and it looks different for everybody. And how do you tap into that? 
and how do you do this well? Um, and a lot of people right now I'm doing a course on how to re-engage your heart. And one of the tools is creativity because it's a backdoor to what is really going on in those deep places of your heart. And I think you do a great job of that. So if people, you should go to Instagram because I think every post that you do is one of those backdoor, um, wow, that hit me in a way that was really, I wonder what that was about. <laughs> like deep yeah. in my heart, what was that about? Um, and so to have you on the show, to really hone in on your story and you have just come out with a new book. You've written a couple of books on prayer, meditation, and art, which I love. Those, like, it's like a braided beauty. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. And this latest one, I'm so excited because I felt like last Christmas, I went into a season of what is this? There's got to be something more to Christmas yeah. than yeah what we're experiencing and you went right for it with this new book called honest advent. And, um, yeah, so I, I just talked way too much, but I just, I'm so excited <laughs> to have you on and, and, um, would love to dive into your creative journey and why you wrote this Christmas book. And yeah, so go for it. <laughs> Talk go about yourself. It. You want to start with the book or more my just creative journey or what, where would you like Actually, let's start with, um, I'm curious of what made you transition into fully creating art as like your mission? Because right now you go out on the road. Are, are you currently doing that with COVID too? No, no, okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I've looked into doing some things. It's too tricky to keep everybody safe and, uh, it doesn't, the finances don't work out <laughs> like yeah. to rent a space and the low attendance. Just isn't. So I've just kind of shelved it for next, you know? Okay. Uh, so I have maybe thought of some, I, I just got by somebody to do like maybe some like live zoom shows and things like that. But um, honestly, I have this book coming out and I have to finish a book by the end of the year. So I'm, I'm just kind of taking <laughs> this time. Like I should do those things, those things I got paid for by the publisher. Right. I right. should finish those well. So that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to focus on. That's um, awesome. Although I dearly miss going and doing things with people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Well, did you start, like, when did you start creating and doing these like meditative um, art pieces? Yeah, uh, I mean, I've always been interested in creating, drawing, you know, from a kid in school and in church, always doodling on the margins of all papers and things like that. And then I had some teachers in junior high and high school who really encouraged me. Um, in college, I was an art education major, so mm -hmm. I was a, a training to be a teacher, and I also had to be a artist as well. And... Um, then I did some traveling, some Bible school, found myself in my mid-20s being an art teacher at a high school, and I was 27, and I, uh, I was painting, like, on, like, on the, in my private time, like, I had this, this church gave me this attic space as a studio, and so I was, like, I knew I needed to dedicate myself to this practice. I wasn't really thinking of it as a career. I just knew I wanted it as a part of my life. 
And uh, that year, I distinctly remember like one of my prep periods, I was writing on my board and I stopped and I was, I just remember going, there's something else inviting, I'm invited to do something else. I'm not really sure what it is, hmm. but I know I did to something else and went on this like kind of heart journey and prayer journey and realized like uh, the best thing that I could think to do in the world uh, was probably be an artist, although that conclusion was disappointing. <laughs> but and, and I was like, I need to step out and try to do it or I'll always regret it. And so I quit that. I mean, I s still waited tables on the side. Uh -huh. Every true artist does. That's and true. Um, <laughs> did that for a while. And then eventually, you know, just the dedication to the craft things kept evolving. I also did a lot of performance stuff. So at the time, it's like painting during services at this church, kind of, uh, I would, you know, I grew up Lutheran, so we never really talked about the Holy Spirit. He's like a bad, doesn't come to holidays anymore. And <laughs> like, but I felt the spirit kind of lead me into this, I would use images and translate that into paint medium and partner the preacher and the worship leader and all, all this kind of stuff. And um, it, yeah, it's all being woven together. And that led to some interesting opportunities to do conferences. And then I became like a conference painter and it just kind of, and then I had a church as a painter and all of these things. So it, it, uh, it has been this, like, I've been doing it for 14 years. So it's been this kind of keep evolving, but what I started to land on the last few years is I really want to like edge people's spiritual journeys. I want to give, uh, an image for what's happening in somebody's life because that helps them like anchor to that mm -hmm. also draws them or exhumes what's going on in their prayer life uh, where they find themselves um, because I'm really fascinating that I'm really fascinated that um, our words are rooted in so the words that we say um, are are based on something we're seeing internally or externally and mm -hmm. so our symbol set to describe that to one and the thing is, is that our beliefs come from, are anchored in words, like our sacred text, but are also anchored in imagery. Hmm. Um, and, but we don't often think about that because we, if you grew up Protestantism or whatever, you don't really have uh, any kind of visual language. And so yeah. we're just a culture of words and, uh, and we become word police and, and, and like two people could be describing something with different words, but the same thing. Yeah. So I found myself like in my own faith journey in conversations with people, people would be like, I remember a family member who I guess was worried about my, you know, they were like, do you think that Jesus is the way? And I was like, yes, but can you tell me what the way means? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, is it a path? Is it a rhythm? Is it a dance? Is it a practice? Huh. You know, what do you, what does that mean? And they're like, it is what it is. It's the way, you know, and oh. <laughs> they, like, they don't, they don't like, and I'm not putting them down, but I'm just like, we have, we, we tend to like go, these are what the words mean. Don't know. Actually, we actually don't have an image for that. And so I've been trying to go through the vocabulary of faith and go, wow. what, what could be a more expressive and didactic image that could help inform the, because I think where we get tripped up, I actually think like why people leave their faith is not because of the words. I think it's because of the internal images they haven't really paid attention to. Wow. Because if somebody says, I don't believe in God anymore, you go, you don't believe in, and they go, looks like this, 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 this. And you're like, yeah, I don't believe in that <laughs> either. 
you know, it's this, it's this bad image is like, of course, I don't believe in a God of an old man in the sky. It's like, who told you that? Yeah. The Bible didn't. Oh, uh, art did in Renaissance paintings, right. and Michelangelo. And the, so internal images have been impregnated in us and are informing the words. And so really yeah. to evolve and to transform uh, and to be, I, you're doing like holistic, uh, holistic faith is to really look at the internal images we have. And, and I want to be, I want to be an assistant to that, to give more interesting and expansive imagery to that, um, those words. So wow. that's kind of like what I've been doing in developing a visual vocabulary for uh, I think the journey is how I describe it. And then that now looks like, uh, so as I, if people ask me what I do, I'm like, I'm an artist. And then that sounds like a joke. And I, <laughs> no, I actually am. And uh, the way that I do that, the way I make a living is um, I'm a painter, illustrator. I, uh, I'm, I'm an author and I'm doing books and I do performance art, these kind of immersive liturgical experiences that are weird and honest and look <laughs> like real life, but have a spiritual bent to them and uh, invite people into the, the messiness of the realities we find ourselves in, in those conversations. So I love that. I love that. <laughs> That was my life in like five minutes. I I love it. That was pretty succinct. Well, okay. So here's my question because a lot of my listeners are young parents, young moms or, or dads, um, and, and diving into their own creativity. What would you say? How do you balance that out? Like, do you, do you feel like that you have space? Cause you are a father, right? Yeah. Of yeah. uh, what's your what's your family stats? <laughs> I have three children: a nine, eight, and two year old. Okay, so back back to toddler, and even now we have a a family of five staying with us. So oh. <laughs> yeah, talk about making space. I just was like, nobody can come into the studio. Do not <laughs> open it the door for the next hour. Just <laughs> recording podcast. Mm-hmm. You set set good boundaries, which is maybe a good rule. Um, how Look, being a parent is an exhaustive journey. When those kids finally go to bed, you are like, I'm tapped. I barely have anything left for the day. I I find that as an adult and a Christian, that there's two things in every conversation I have with other adult Christians, which is, uh, what is your Enneagram number? (laughs) And uh, what show are you watching? Oh, that's so funny. And I understand that default of just being like, I want to veg out. I want some. Um, I do think that. So when we talk about create creativity, um, I think some of the roadblocks for people, a, a large portion of people go, well, I'm not an artist. Mm-hmm. And that's true in the way of like what you think an artist is. Like you, you may not be a person who's dedicated to, that. what I'm usually thinking when people say artist is like a painter in their studio making paintings for a gallery show. Yeah. And that's a very specific definition. I'm an artist and I'm not even that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not doing gallery shows. That's one avenue of artistry. Yeah. Um, so we have to kind of push up against the cliche artist. Um, hmm. I would make it more broader and go, okay, there's certain kind of outlets and landing places for your art. I think where we even start first is, do you think that the practice of creativity is... Um, is a transformative and growing and inviting enlarging practice that you want to have in your life. 
And if so, how could you uh, uh, pay attention and uh, allow yourself to have a, a rhythm, a practice, a, a dedication? Um, I'm really an artist now in my mid 40s because in my 20s, I, I started to understand that like what I should do, no matter where I find myself, is that I should carve time to, to this inspiration. Mm. Um, I remember when I left a job at a church and I took a job at World Vision, which is a great company, um, but I worked at the corporate office in, uh, in Washington State and not a really great corporate guy. <laughs> the first time I ever worked in a corporate building, uh, the life got sucked out of me. It didn't last very long. It lasted for like nine months. It was great. Time I learned a lot. But um, we second kid, you know, it, I would go to work, I'd come back and we'd get the kids down. But I doing, like, it, there was no part of my for job that was like, I'm a professional artist. Mm. But I knew that I needed to make space for painting. And so I just said, uh, the only time I really have to do this is late at night. And I'm just going to have to give up sleep two nights a week. Mm. And so twice a week from nine to midnight, I would uh, go in my garage. I built out a little painting space and I would just paint for mm. not for anything, not for a show uh, as like right. a practice as an outlet. I just, I just knew I always had to keep that, um, that's that, that dance. I, I mean, it's like a dance. It's mm. like, um, inspiration, like, like, like I would say I'm a creative, I'm an artist because I'm a haunted person. Like every day, <laughs> every day things come, they're like, make me, <laughs> I'm driving right now. I'll get an accident. They're like, make me go away. And I'm like, no, don't go away. Fine. I'll pull over. And then I like scribble it down on my notebook that I, and so I, my, I really like as a joke, but kind of true. I really think what I'm supposed to do is release the haunting. I'm just trying to release wow. this haunting that keeps coming to me. But in a, like a, in a, in a positive way, I'm invited to some kind of rhythm with inspiration. I mean, I would call it God, but I'm not, it's, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it's named. I just know that like the giver of my life has asked me to participate in this, um, in this specific kind of dance. And, mm. Uh, I specific because my parents and my wife and my close friends don't have that same kind of haunting. Like some of my artist friends do. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I see it. So I would just say there's like various levels of haunting. Yes. Well, I <laughs> uh, totally get it. And I, I found that like my haunting and my vocation, the same things for now. I would say for people who are like inclined to creativity, like my friend, Lindsay, she, uh, she's a therapist. She's a working therapist, has meets with clients every day of the week. But she also, uh, she also gives time to painting. Mm. And last weekend on Saturday, she was like, I need to her husband. She's like, I need the kids to leave for <laughs> six hours because I just need to paint. Aww. So him and I took our kids and we went to like this swimming area. But I, but she, she was just like, what do I need to do on a Saturday? I need to spend time with this dance. Right. Because I don't want the dance to stop. And I know I need to save so the, I think like when we, when we start to think of, we start to talk about creativity, I think we could just maybe frame it and go, do you want to be invited to a dance? Is there a dance you want to do? Yeah. How would you keep saying yes to this dance in your life? 
at, at whatever small and, and maybe short time. Cause if you have like little kids or, you know, right. just like a really busy schedule, just like even go, Oh, maybe what if I took 10 minutes every week? Yeah. <laughs> just yep. like a minimal time. What if I just didn't watch season two of that show yeah. one night and I just kind of allowed myself to do that? Yeah. And then what would come from that dance? What would come from that conversation? What would grow out of that? Mm-hmm. And that I think is where the, the the great hold is. It's like it's it's not a it's not a static thing. It's a thing that moves and grows and evolves and transforms and mm. encompasses your life. And you're like, this is amazing. I I love this dance, you know? Does yeah. that make sense? Does that resonate with you? It totally resonates. And I, I can relate to that haunting. Um, but but I'm in the season of since the beginning of the year, I've I've felt like the Lord released like this cork that um was on this huge yeah. river. And <laughs> and now I'm like flying down the river with this immense amount of water overtaking <laughs> my brain. Of yeah. all sorts of creative ideas, and it's like boom, 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 and and feeling like I can't not not create what's going on in my brain, or else it's like slipped away. <laughs> but for yeah. so long, I think for especially when I I have a thirteen, eleven, and then twins that are nine, and oh, wow. um, yeah. for so long, <laughs> yes. <laughs> For so long, I feel about college when I took my last art class and I wasn't as good as some of the like art majors who, you know, um, then it was like, oh, I'm, I'm not that great. So I'll just stop. Or I took English and was like, oh, I'm not really that great at English like they are. Like that comparison starts coming in. So that dance was shut down because it was like, well, I'm not that good. (laughs) But what's cool to see is to watch how Holy Spirit, God, from very little, from when I was very little in the creative outlet, like singing songs and writing poetry and, and building my um, recorded video or recorded cassettes of the radio and pretending like I was producer, <laughs> yeah. like all those yeah. things you can see from the very beginning was this like invitation to be fully me mm. and like these little bits and pieces of, okay, well now I see why this was intriguing to me and now I can actually watch it bloom. And yeah. so I love how you just described it's an invitation to come back into the dance and ugh, so good. So good. <laughs> All right. So I, okay. So pivoting into your Christmas book. Um, and for some that may not know, I don't know why you wouldn't know, but Scott's work is very, um, like what he was saying, there's, it's very simple and Mm -hmm. yet very to the point. Like for instance, as I was flipping through the honest advent, which I cannot wait to like fully engage in this book during the season. Um, There's one photo or one uh, art piece that is of right after she has, Mary has given birth and she's holding Jesus in her arms and she's sitting in her goopiness is what you call it. And man, does that ever resonate? 
deeply, especially for me as a woman who has given birth at home and experienced that of like, that is so powerful. Um, just to sit in that. So I guess what I'm, I, I would love to hear, what would you hope that people would do with the honest advent book? Like what's the transformation that you want them to experience and yeah, your hopes for the reader. Yeah. Um, well, I think in an earlier question, you're like, where did this come from? So uh, uh, four years ago, uh, we found ourselves in a very similar situation. We were end of a very exhaustive and divisive election. Whether your party won or not, I right. think everybody at the end was like, that wasn't that fun. <laughs> uh, it, we were seeing these really awful images from serious civil war and this just like massive amount of destruction and displacement. We had the Zika, Zika virus, the Flint water crisis. There were multiple mass shootings that year. And uh, I just remember mid-November going to a store and, you know, the 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 sprinkling and dusting of Christmas cheer was all ever, you know, this Christmas just descends over every culture because yeah. everything's decorated like Christmas. And I and I love Christmas. I love the music, the lights. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I keep up my lights till February. I love it all. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I listen to the radio stations that listen to it 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But I just remember, like, I just remember being in this, looking at everything. And I was like, none of this makes any sense mm. in the world I'm living in. right now. Like if this, this, this season feels like irre- irrelevant, what's going on in my world. Mm. Like a disconnect. And not even just like the Santa narrative. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, I'm down with St. Nicholas and all that, but it does feel like a little <laughs> bit too distracting. And, and I, I'm not so hardcore about put Christ Christmas because I'm like, Christ is already in Christmas. You can't say Christmas without Christ. So, but, but I am like, but like the Christian Christmas stuff, like these sanitized nativity scenes and these very sanitized imagery, just like this story just doesn't feel like it's part of humanity at all. Wow. And yeah. um, I, my wife was third at the, and uh you know, and I know it's cliche. They're like, let's bring up a pregnant lady and have her talk about being pregnant. No, <laughs> that, but I, 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 in the book, I say, look, I'm not a, I'm not a woman, but I'm married to one. And I, I, uh, I, I have aired witness to three pregnancies and three births and have seen that it is not an easy process. <laughs> no. It's a very risk, a risk, painful, uncomfortable journey to bring about a life into a world Mm. and um when i because in my heart i was like jesus like where are you in this where Mm. where are you to be found because um is christmas a memorial service or is it a birthday party and if you ask any kid at church they're like it's jesus's birthday and you're like great (laughs) where is jesus Mm -hmm. because a memorial means it happened one time and we're like that was so great but a birthday party means it's still going on today. Hmm. And I was like, is Christ still coming in our midst today? Hmm. And how do we discover that? And how do we tap into that? And um, where I was led to, because I was witnessing my wife embodying this incarnational process, I was like, I'm going to look at the biology of it all. 
uh, focus on this very, uh, like the, the weak and vulnerable aspects of humanity. And what really hit me was that God came to the world through human vulnerability. Mm. And if we want to connect with Christ in our midst now, we connect with Christ still through that same avenue, which is oh. our human vulnerability. Wow. And um, so I started like creating illustrations that uh, that were not um, that were like, I would say, like not sanitized, but not like uh, objectifying the female figure, because that's there's plenty of that. And yeah, we need to stop that. <laughs> I did also want to be like, hey, uh, you know, babies don't come out looking like when you look at <laughs> paintings of the nativity. Granted, nobody wants a painting of like what babies actually look like when they come out. <laughs> scary painting right <laughs> right but so it's understandable that newborn jesus looks like so he's been clean right he can, you know like i get it but like they give you this like squirmy alien thing it's all wrinkled <laughs> and puffy and purple and and uh and there's a lot of fluids and a lot of things mm-hmm. and um i wanted to bear witness to that process mm-hmm. and um i started making some of those things and then uh <laughs> when i did i Thank you. When I did, I uh, uh, I posted these Instagram, which was just like trying that stuff out, and um, and I had like an overwhelming response from people, and especially women, uh, who were like, "Thank you for these images." And one of the things, and I write this in the intro of the book, is that what me was um, just you know for a number of different reasons. Um, well, like, let's say this, that um, female biology has been um, uh, marginalized because of a lot of, like, we could say patriarchal forces. I mean, most art that's been made about the nativity scene has been made by men. Mm-hmm. So men are maybe less inclined to show a lot of, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. like goop. And, um, and then, and then throughout, uh, kind of the, at least in some history of religion, uh, there have been times when it's like your monthly period makes you unclean. You need to go outside. Even though that's the way your body is, there's nothing you've done wrong. That's how it is. Um, and then there are other things where like, um, there are people who've said, Hey, women, you must be, uh, diminished or put aside because we're not sure if you have any authority to like teach or anything like that. And then even like in the context I grew up, there was kind of like, I, men can't bar with women or ride in an elevator because they'll instantly have sex. And so your body is this scandalous kind of like tempting thing that we need to keep. So there's been this like subtle and ongoing diminishing of female biology that I, that I think needs to stop and be addressed. Um, and like, I had a friend who's like, she was like, why can't we talk about periods Women ever has had a period and we still can't talk about it. And I remember going, you're right. I mean, it's not our favorite topic of conversation, right. uh, but <laughs> we should be able to talk about it because it's happening. And, uh, so I, there was this, this kind of, as a, a, a an artist and a, and a, a former, like, pastor and spiritual leader as I'm a spiritual director as well right now I I was like I want to see in this story that God's gift of Jesus has come through sacredly through female biology and this is this is the time that we should uh like like honor and pay 
into that. Mary was asked a great thing to do. Um, and, and, uh, and so we should give her that right for that. But also, um, just as like Jesus was embodied, so we are embodied. And we need to pay attention, not only for females to pay to their biology, but even like a man, like a part of nation, part of looking at Jesus's incarnation is paying attention to our own incarnation, our own embodiment, our own vulnerabilities. So we actually find, um, we actually find a, a God who's not insulating itself from the human experience, but is fully participating. Wow. And so then we in our full human participation can find God in our midst. And that was where like the wonder exploded. Wow. And that is where, and so that first year I made a few illustrations. The next year I made more for Advent. The next year I made, and then that year I had like 20 and I was like, if I had five more, that's 25 days, <laughs> put it together, <laughs> like put it together, pitched it to a publisher. And that's why it's coming out this year. So that's kind of like, sorry, the, a lengthy version of like some of the things happening to me and all this stuff came together, but it was this, it was this deep longing to like go, I want I really want to love Christmas again. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want it to feel um, insignificant in a complex and chaotic world. And and guess what? It's good timing because we find ourselves in the exact same situation. Right. We find ourselves in a divisive and an exhaustion. We find ourselves in a global pandemic that's taken a lot from us. Yeah. We find ourselves in, uh, I mean, I like the word apocalypse because apocalyptic just means uncovering. We're covering a lot of our, um, uh, with the, like the me too, finding a lot of like bad sexual abuse. We're finding a lot of racial injustice. We're finding a lot of like financial injustice, mm -hmm. uncovering a lot of things. And so can like celebrating Christmas, will it mean anything this year in the midst of all of that? And my belief is yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My hope is yes. Because really, like, what where Honest Advent came from is, like, I want an Honest Advent because the, the, the offering of Advent is the offering of hope. And to have an Honest Advent is to lead, is, is longing for an honest hope, not a cheap hope. Yeah. Not a shallow hope, but a real mm -hmm. honest hope that can deal with the, the cities of the world we find ourselves in. Oh. Yeah. That's so good. If that doesn't make... <laughs> my listeners want to go and get a book for the season. Uh, wow. Yeah, I I cannot wait to dive real deep because, I mean, even just reading just the little bit that I have, I was like, oh, my gosh, my mind is blown. Can I read a little tiny section that was my Absolutely, favorite? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Listen up, y'all. This is so good. Listen up, y'all. <laughs> Revelation is a hard gift to receive. You must give up everything else to receive it, like finding a treasure in a field and selling everything you have so you can get that treasure. That is, I mean, that's a nugget in itself that I'm just going to stay there for a long time because you have to give up something in order to receive even more revelation. And Yeah, yeah I was uh, talking with somebody yesterday because we were talking about this, that that idea of like, I think because in that, in that essay, I mused, like, I think we had all wish we kind of had like a divine revelation, like some kind of miraculous happening where like a heavenly messenger 
in this moment said the thing that solved the thing and led us to the next <laughs> thing. And, oh, it changed my life. It'd be, it would be like the story you would tell at dinner parties. But if you really look into divine revelation, it, um, it costs to get a, a revelation. Absolutely. And I think I'm, I'm actually wary of what I, the joke was yesterday. <laughs> I was like, what if you, and an angel visited you and from that visitation, you could never enjoy Target again. No. Like every time you went, <laughs> I know like maybe Target's not everybody's right. favorite thing, but they work really hard to walk in and go, this isn't, well, I can buy this. I can get that. Wow, that's fun. That's a experience. <laughs> but what if like you had some kind of, this is really butting up our, against our biggest God, which is prison. But what if you had some kind of like heavenly experience and every time you went to Target, it just like you had no emotion. You almost like want to vomit. And would you be okay like giving up Target oh, for divine revelation? So <laughs> and I know good. Chip and Joanna Gaines there, you know, so they're heavenly messengers. Themselves. Yes. But like, yes. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of like to get you into that. It's like, what do you like? What Mary had to give up was like, hey, this is what my, ma- what, this is what my wedding's going to be mm-hmm. like. This is what my life with my husband's going to be like. This is what we're going to name our firstborn. This is what mm. we're going to be viewed as in our community as. And like all of that went away. Yeah. And all of that went away. Yeah. The, but because she said, yes, we still still tell her story to today. Mm. And so real, it's like, I'm trying to be honest with like, I want a revelation, but I don't know if I want to give up all my best laid plans. Yeah. But- Maybe I kind of do. Maybe it's maybe my best laid plans are worth giving up for an unknown adventure that I would be invited into. Yeah. Mm. And that's the that's the meditation, you know? Yeah. Oh, the cost is high for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's probably on target. But... <laughs> I don't know. I think for most people that would be hard. Uh, <laughs> that makes I giggled a lot yesterday from that. I just thought it was so funny. Just like if you walked into Target, you're just like, oh, oh, <laughs> wish they ever visited me. <laughs> uh, that's a good, good story though to go with it. I love it. Uh, well, thank you so much, Scott, for coming on and sharing your heart behind creativity and being yeah. an artist and your story. And um, again. You guys need to go check out Honest Advent and it's on Amazon, I'm sure. And anywhere else that they can purchase it that you want to mention? Yeah. Um, yeah, Amazon's great. Uh, okay. Honestadvent.com is the website for it. Okay. And then listed under there are a bunch of like, if you don't want to do Amazon, there's lots of like local bookshops. You can get it at Target. Uh, <laughs> like wink, a lot wink. of places online, but it's Barnes and Noble. It'll be for every it'll be everywhere books are sold. And okay. if you want to go to local books, contact them. They should have a link for it, or you can go to their website. Awesome. So everywhere. August, August, October. Oh, say it again. It it went out. October what? Oh, October 20th. 20th. Comes out. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Great talking to you. You too. Hey, Holistic Hearts friends, before you go, I want to mention a brand new course. So many times we kick off the new year with goals and high aspirations, but what if we actually started from a foundational place, knowing who God created us to be, which means knowing who God is? What if you could listen to the heart of the one who created you in your mother's womb? 
and ask what your mission is for this upcoming year. Friends, I have a new online transformational coaching course coming out January, 2021 for you to join with me. It's eight weeks of online training at your pace and the option to sign up for individualized one-on-one specific coaching with me. For more information, listen to episode 32. It's time for us to live intentionally and in alignment with who God has created us to be. The world needs us to stand strong in our identity, to know our mission, and create goals to keep us focused. Looking forward to see you in January 2021. Thanks for listening to Holistic Hearts. As always, leave a review and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to find out more about my mom and all the things she is writing about, go to www.kristenfieldschadwick.com.